All right, so welcome to episode 65 of the Granite House podcast. I'm your host, Edwin Cabrera, aka Steady Eddie. Uh, on my other screen is my co-host, John Lee, aka JDM John. Hey, what's up, guys? Live from, you know, Miami. We out here. You know, <laughs> good to be back. Nice. And, uh, uh, on the other screen is my co-host, uh, Chris Martin, aka Krita. What's up, guys? Uh, I'm alive in my Bentley, obviously. Um, <laughs> just real quick before we get into today's episode, uh, please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It really helps us out. Also, if you want to support us, you can buy our merch at grindhouse.store. All right. Did you get, did you get the five-year lease on the Bentley? Was it a five-year? <clears throat> nah, nah, man. It's it's. I own it. I bought it. Oh, you, oh, you own? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I know you got It's my Bentley, you know? It's mine. Right. I didn't know you had it like that. Word. Congratulations. You know, must have been the uh, the 1400 um, stimulus, right? The, it was the stimmy. Yeah, I was short 1400 and then uh, the stimmy hit. And then uh, you know. now you're rolling. Now you're rolling big. Yeah. yeah. You want to get into it? Let's yeah. get into it. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about a project that me and Edwin have going on. It's a little side gig from Grindhouse. Uh, so we're doing a, a mural project. Uh, it's going to be called Lynn Hip Hop Wall of Fame. Uh, it's pretty much Edwin's brainchild. So I will hand it off to Edwin to explain what this is. Yeah. Uh, so I have awesome news. Uh, this actually is something we've been working on. Krita, me, uh, Michael Agahawa, and Justice Bourne. Um, over the past, some the last summer, we got together and we formed this committee between the four of us um, to uh, work on a mural that would celebrate Lynn Hip Hop. And uh, we've gathered a proposal for it. We submitted it. We tried to raise funding for it. Um, and we didn't want to share this news out until we knew for sure that we could pull this off. Um, and thanks to the Lake Cultural Council, uh, we were able to make that happen. So they were actually gracious enough to pick our mural project, the Lynn Hip Hop Wall of Fame mural uh, as a, a, a project that they would fund uh, $6,200. And so it is happening. Um, Michael Igahawa will be the muralist for that mural. Uh, more details will be coming soon. Um, essentially, this is going to be the mural that celebrates Lynn Hip Hop. It's going to be a mural that's going to be interactive with the community. So it's not just going to be like, you know, a, a one, you know, uh, one and done kind of mural. It's going to be interactive. People are going to actually be able to vote and choose who's going to be up on that mural. So um, like I said, more details to come, but it's absolutely happening. Uh, we have the funding for it. Thank you, Link Cultural Council, for supporting us and sponsoring us um, and allowing us to, to actually uh, move forward with this. Um, we're also going to be doing like, we, we got like, dude, we've been really kind of brainchilding this with the, with just the crew that we have um, with, with, with uh, Justice and you and, and and Michael and trying to figure out things that we can do to, to help sort of support that overall concept. Um, so we'll also be doing like events. We got this awesome documentary that we're working on actually um, that we're going to use to help people kind of know and understand the scene, the Lynn hip hop scene a little bit more. Um, we actually just did some interviews with the, the KMF squad. We're going to do interviews soon with a few other people. We did one with 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 uh, for Rec Shop as well. Um, I think we got Groove Gods coming up soon. We hope to, to get in touch with a few more or a bunch a bunch of other people. Um, we're going to keep shooting this and, and trying to highlight um, the culture. So, um, yeah, if you guys 
want to be a part of it somehow if you guys are in the hip obviously if you're listening to this we can assume that you're into the hip-hop culture so you already pre-qualify if you were interested in trying to get involved with it somehow we actually are looking for a subcommittee of people who are um uh knowledgeable on hip-hop on some aspects you don't have to know like every little thing about Lynn hip hop. But if you know something about Lynn hip hop, what it was 10 years ago, if you know a lot about what's happening now in the Lynn hip hop scene, if you have some knowledge of Lynn hip hop at all, then you might want to tap in with us because we actually need curators um, of Lynn hip hop to join us as a subcommittee team um, to help us figure out, you know, who we should highlight, you know, what what uh, hip hop artists should be looked at and, uh, and um, you know, and, uh, you know, make sure we don't we uh we're looking through this, analyzing it, and, and, and going through it with a fine tooth comb so that we can identify the people that should be recognized and honored, you know, through a mural like this. So, um, yeah, if uh, hit us up if you're if that sounds interesting to you guys. Obviously, um, hit us up. My email is Edwin at GrindhouseRecordings.com. We are looking for a subcommittee of curators, knowledgeable on Lynn Hip Hop, to join us. So, hit us up um, to find out more, and more will be rolled out soon. So. Um, you know, um, we'll be revealing more details soon. We're working on a website that's going to um, detail a lot of this info um, and all that will be coming out uh, soon. We're all working on we're all working hard here and we're really excited about all these things. So um, we're glad to, to you know, um, at the podcast, I feel like was a great um, not to say that it was a start because obviously we were working even before we started the podcast, we were doing things. But like I feel like this podcast was a good uh, uh, step forward for the things that we've been building on. Um, and I'm really, really, really excited about these other things that we've been working on as well. So be on the lookout for all that. Yeah, I <clears throat> there. I mean, there's a ton to it. Um, obviously, you know, there's a lot of fundraising elements. Um, like you said, events. Um, also, we want to do a, a vinyl compilation with a bunch of artists from Lynn. Um, so hopefully, you know, we'll get that that going and, and people can order that and we can raise money for for this project but um yeah super pumped on it so yeah um <clears throat> I, I just want to take a minute because i'm an outsider looking in in a lot of these things and i uh, just want to really applaud you guys on all the hard work and like just be just getting to this point because like i i remember ed when we were just talking on the phone about this and how like just crazy it sounded and just like the purpose behind it and just how you know, it'll bring, you know, like Lynn hip hop to surface, but also bring that level of like, you know, hip hop element of like competition and like understanding, like, you know, like, you know, who's the best, who's the, you know, be able to kind of like vote people in. Is that still the same concept here? Yep, exactly. Yeah. Like the community element is, it's not going to be arbitrary. Like we're going to, you know, this person is going to be up there because I decided this person is the best. It's going to be up to the community to decide who deserves to be up there. Um, you know, and a part of that, the reason where we where we need a subcommittee of people who are like curators of the culture, who know about the culture, the reason we need those people first is because we need a, the way it's going to go is we're going to select a, a nomination committee, the subcommittee that identifies people that should be nominated. And then once we dwindle down the numbers, because that those numbers, I'm not, those we could have 10,000 different names thrown in the ring, but once we're able to tally up the numbers and see, and from there kind of bring it down to a small number of people that we can then release to the public, um, then we'll have like a better idea of, of, of who should be honored and recognized. And it and kind of gives like a, a, a system of like checks and balances to make sure that it's not just a popularity contest, but the right people are getting in. So, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, dude. I think that's so beautiful. I mean, hip hop is in itself like very um, separated or segregated, rather, right in the area. And this is cool just to bring everybody together, but also like give the flowers while we're all around. So you know, props to y'all. Like Grindhouse, you know that that whole effort, that whole you know struggle, literally the grind that you guys had to put in just to get to this point. I mean, this is just one of the many milestones y'all both hit, and you know, I think. Y'all got to, you know, pat yourselves on the back, take a, you know, a bow because, uh, you know, um, I think like Boston hip hop really owes you guys a lot. Um, not not that you guys did it for that purpose at all, but it's just like, there's a lot of effort that went into it. And I just want to let you know, like, you know, I, I see it. I'm sure many others do too. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think, uh, you know, mural representing like hip hop, it's just overdue. Um, you know, it, like we don't have a lot of like representation of, of like Lynn hip hop and you know this will definitely help with that so all right anything else any last uh things on that you guys good all right let's move on uh all right so uh recently there was a video that came out with uh sweetie and quavo uh with an altercation it just recently came out um it's been pretty much everywhere um apparently obviously they they recently broke up uh this was before they broke up um what do you guys think um all right i've been living under a rock admittedly uh do you either of y'all have like a, just a synopsis that you could share with me as to what is it what it is that happened here yeah um so uh you know, first of all, do you know who Quavo is? Yes, yes. I'm familiar with the individuals involved. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I saw, I saw, I don't know. I saw this... <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw the clip, I saw the, like, not the clip, but like, I saw like a the thumbnail of it, but I, I didn't think to click on it. I didn't realize it was, yeah. you know, um, something to watch, but. No, it's, uh, so uh, just to recap with that video was and i'm not gonna bother showing it here because i i don't really believe in showing like you know uh abuse like that um Absolutely. essentially what it is is it's 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 abuse it's it's um sweetie clearly trying to get away from quavo she's uh i think trying to uh leave an elevator or she's trying to take her stuff out of an elevator and uh quavo walks into frame and he like forcibly pushes her back into the elevator i think she like falls over uh, closes the elevator doors and kind of keeps her there from, you know, like kind of kind of like stops her, you know, uh, blocks her way from like slipping away through the doors again. So it just it's a just a clear like domestic abuse situation. Um, and uh, we I, I don't know if you've been keeping in contact. I, I don't think I don't know if we got to it last week, but what happened with that situation? Just to recap is um, I think last week or the week before that, uh, Sweetie was on a podcast with Justin LaBoy. And um, she was kind of like, you know, I think the podcast is pretty like a, you know, they get raunchy, they talk about raunchy topics. And they were talking about, I think, a threesome or, or something like that with Sweetie. And um, it didn't, uh, I guess, on the podcast, I would think everything was pretty smooth. But I, I think it, that may have pissed off Quavo on some level. And soon after that, we hear that they broke up. And, uh, you know, then soon after that, I think Sweetie was spotted hanging out with some other rapper, I think. And now we're in this situation where we're seeing this video. I'm not sure if this happened recently or if this happened uh, before the breakup. Uh, I'm not really sure what time on the video was in, but um, if this happened before the breakup, I can see why she left. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I did see like somebody saying that it, it apparently happened before they broke up. Um, yeah. It's like, dude, clearly like abused her, like pushed her around. Like, that's not cool. So like, obviously like shouldn't be with someone like that. So, um, so yeah, I don't blame her. I, uh, um, sorry. Go ahead. No, not Ed. You go. You go. I, I was just gonna say I'm interested to see the fallout of of what happens to this. Like, like in terms of Quavo's uh, reputation and uh, I guess uh, career. Um, obviously, not to say that he can't learn from this. Um, I think obviously he should learn from this. this I, I hope that he sees this video and, and learns that this is not how you treat a woman. Um, but I am also interested to see because like I love hip hop. For many reasons one of those reasons is is it's a lot more of a forgiving culture so there's uh you know the um you know ability to give people second chances where this culture like for example if you're a convicted felon in american culture it's like so hard for you to like do a lot of things like you're, you're cut off from so many uh freedoms that this country you know allegedly gives you um and so like like if second chances aren't as like you know uh, uh I feel like plentiful as they, they make it seem to be here, you know, in this country. And I feel like that's one thing that I like about the hip hop culture. The ugly side of that, that I don't love is, is, is sometimes we let people um, have too much of a pass. You know, we don't, we don't check people when they need to be checked sometimes. And I think that in this situation, I hope that he is checked for his uh, behavior. Cause that's obviously that's something we condone. Um, but it's all, I think it's something that hip hop has uh, allowed to exist in its culture. Um, just like homophobia and hip hop is a huge issue. Uh, misogyny, obviously, is a huge issue. Um, domestic violence, I think, is is, is one you can also uh, um, put in that as well. I mean, look at the court, Tory Lane situation with Megan Thee Stallion, like the way that whole situation went about, the way people talk about that situation, the way people take Tory's side and, 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 and put down Meg. Um, you know, I'm curious to see with Quavo and Sweetie what, what, how this situation um, uh, you know, what reveals about, I guess, our culture. Yeah, man. Um, I don't, I, you know, like, I, I know that hip hop has a lot of uh, those previous things that you already listed out, right? Like, just a long history of all that shit. And it really shouldn't be um, accepted or just looked over. Um, like, the whole, this situation, sweetie, and, uh, and Quavo, like, I, I really don't know everything that's going on, but I got to say that shit's never cool to like to put your hands on, you know, somebody, especially a person who, um, you know, used to be used to or, or are in a relationship with since it's such like a, you know, a trusting, um, you know, bond between the two, right, even after a relationship ends, or whatever. But just it's just shitty, like, I really don't like hearing or knowing or seeing about, you um, you know, somebody going through this type of abuse, but it's a reality, right? Um, it's probably happening more frequently than we know of. I don't know what it is that we can do other than, you know, to, uh, I guess, like, demasculine that kind of, like, a uh, you know, uh, behavior. The shit's just not cool. Um, you know, I don't know the situation. I'm not saying that a person shouldn't be able to, you know, defend themselves in case, like, you know, in the event that, like, maybe they're also being the abused one, right? Like, because that does happen as well. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's fucked up. Yeah. All right. Um, I, I think that's all I have on that. Uh, do you guys have anything else you want to add? 
everyone's cool all right let's uh let's move on to some podcast news um so obviously we're all fans of uh the joe budden podcast uh so recently rory and maul have been absent from the podcast um there's no really telling time of like when they'll come back um there there's definitely were some problems there um within the within the podcast so uh let's talk about it all right let me just start off by saying it's been very hard to live a life of being a joe budden fan and edwin knows exactly because i've said this to him many times throughout our lives Uh, (laughs) um i'm not saying that i know what's going on and i think that um you know there's a lot to still be like unfolded i think joe budden tried to have a couple episodes for transparency and talking about how it's just problems within you know what they're referring to here as the family right yeah uh you know it's i i guess like you know um but let me let me rephrase the, the the problem here right so with joe budden being just who he is just being like you know natural like a, i think like for what we know him as he's kind of a tough person to talk to sometimes he's just super hard-headed really not really listening or wants to listen to your side of the story, right? But you guys have both built something really amazing, such as Grindhouse and all these other like business entities, right? So I guess when we're thinking about how the Joe Putin podcast could possibly be caused by like money, for example, right? Like how is, I guess, how, what are good ways to um, potentially like get around that issue? You know, is it communication? Is it making sure the pie is always recognized like what what would you guys do i mean i i mean he's saying that it's not money um mm-hmm. i found that kind of hard to believe just because like I, I i think that's probably a factor it well like i don't think it's the main factor um but i think it it does play a role in in their situation because i mean joe went ahead and, and made his own network you know they're obviously like i don't think they're going to be getting a deal anywhere it doesn't seem like that's what their the goal is um so i mean yeah i don't know i i think money could definitely play a role but i also think it's just like um the chemistry right now the vibe just like if you watch like the last like couple episodes with like rory and joe it's like the vibe is just not there like they seem like mortal enemies like those episodes so I think I think there's more at play there. Um, but but yeah, I think I think money is is also a factor. Mortal enemies might be a bit strong. Um, I, would I mean, that- they were saying like violent shit, like we're going to go fight, <laughs> you know, yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, no, there's definitely tension there. Yeah. Uh, but there's also an issue with Maul, which has nothing, I believe, nothing to do with the whole Rory and Joe thing. I think the issue with Maul is Joe's abrasiveness. Joe's abrasiveness is, I think, what uh, led to him and Maul having differences. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because I the recent ep- it's hard because you have to kind of read between the lines of what what Joe is saying. But in the most recent episode, I think he alluded to something, um, and and also uh, Parks alluded to something in the previous to the last one. Um, Joe's abrasiveness can be like the his downfall sometimes and i think he probably told maul probably truthful things about like his contribution to the podcast and 
I, it probably offended Maul because it, it probably was phrased in a terrible way. You know, because mm-hmm. Joe has the ability with his words to just like knock people out. Uh, even if he doesn't mean to, I just I just think he's like so abrasive. It doesn't recognize how abrasive he can be that he just says shit that like might be fighting words for some people, you know. And um, I think he probably told Maul doesn't really contribute much. And coming in on time because he's mentioned that before on the pod, not responding to text, um, not contributing to like music, you know, when when they're doing like. He's like, oh, I didn't listen to it. So, like, he doesn't, like, follow up and actually do his homework for the pod. I think he probably called them out in those, th- in, like, uh, uh, way, probably more in an abrasive way that could offend somebody. And I think that's probably what happened with uh, with him and, and uh, Maul. And with Rory, you're right. I think that there's been – I think with Rory, there's – I'm going to – I'm going to add it up. I probably, if I was to guess, listen to that podcast more than you and John do because I listen to, like, every episode. Yeah. Uh, and um, I think that with Rory, it's that Rory is gaining. Uh, first of all, Rory's like, I mean, going through th- some tough times personally, I think that's one thing. But also, I think Rory is gaining, whether it be an I don't give a fuck attitude or just general confidence in himself. I think he is um, gaining more of a voice on the podcast. Like, I, I, before I didn't like, he, for me, he was almost like a C Mike, B Mike kind of guy where it's like, it was really Joe that when I was, I was listening to the podcast before now with rory it's like there's i mean i feel like he's grown into his own in terms of his own comedic style that like i enjoy rory's takes and rants as much as i enjoys uh enjoy joe's and so i think maybe joe might be his ego you know might not want to share as much mic time as um you know as rory's been like you know maybe like subconsciously or not like he's been talking a little bit more than he did and i think maybe joe is competitive nature might be coming out and and, and snapping yeah. back when he didn't need to snap at all that's what i've been seeing on the pod like he, yeah yeah weird things where, 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 where rory says something and just joe will snap at him for no reason at all you know what well, well i remember joe said something about like 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 he said that like oh i hate when rory does this he has opinions on opinions it's like that's the whole fucking point of the podcast. Right. It's like, that's right. what, that's what you guys do. That's the formula that they have. It's like they debate topics and they, they talk about things. Um, yeah. yeah so that, that was confusing to hear, you know? Hey, Kurt, I'll be honest in, in, in all like honesty, like, Hey, these shit, when you're fucking business partner with friends, these things happen. These things happen. I, it happens yeah. with you. Yeah. Oh, full transparency. Yeah. These arguments. Happen. We have these moments where it's like, okay, we probably should like not stay away a little bit for a few days just because, like, you know, yeah. we've been talking, seeing each other too much or, or yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you get, because you get so comfortable with people, especially when they're your, your friend and business partner. You're used to seeing yeah. this person so often, as in the case mm-hmm. with us, that like, you get to see the best and worst sides of ourselves all the time. It's like living with a person. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That like you definitely need to have your distance and you know, and yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean it, it definitely happens between me and you. We're we're definitely guilty of it. Um, but I mean at the end of the day, the reality is it's like communicating like what's going on, like how you're feeling, like because that's what that's what you know we end up doing. We just talk it out, like get through it and move on, you know. So I think yeah. clearly that's what needs to happen with them and and yeah. hopefully and, and Joe's already doing that. I mean, if the pod he was in and 
I believe this. He said that Joe, that those seats are for Rory and Maul when they're ready to come back. And yeah. he's the yeah. one that suggested to Rory that he should take some time off the pod because he was feeling like there was tension there. Yeah. And so yeah. he suggested, and I honestly, I commend him for it. I think that that to him, for him to recognize that clearly, like there's a tension there and it needs to like ease. I, I, sometimes people don't have the wherewithal to recognize that until it's too late and it comes yeah. to like the cuffs. So I'm, I'm for it. It yeah. means preserving the pod a little bit longer for you to take a little bit of time and then jump back into it. And, and also yeah. with their podcast is like, they don't really take a lot of time off as a podcast. Like, like even through like, you know, the holidays, they're, they're like doing their thing. Like burnout is a thing, you know, like I, and it definitely affects your content, you know? And I think burnout definitely played a factor because all those dudes do other things. They don't just do podcasts. You know, Joe's doing his network Rory does like the event stuff and he works with artists. Mall is an A&R, like those dudes do other things. So, I mean, I'm sure like, showing up to do a podcast every week is like it's just part of what they do so yeah but but i I wouldn't shoot joe too much bail to say that like they're burnt out or something like that i mean i understand like they work a lot like you said right chris like they they do do a lot of episodes and they don't you know but um you know i i listen to uh this podcast probably like every time it comes out right like over the course of multiple days so you know, for the last however many hundred episodes, like that's basically what gets me through like the week in a lot of a lot of ways, right? But um, so when I follow the Joe Budden podcast, I remember um, like the whole like Rory and and Joe like debacle. I knew something was kind of odd because like um, there was a there was an episode where Rory mentioned how he did the podcast for that other show, the See the Thing Is podcast, right? That's on the Joe Budden Network yeah and and he just kept bringing it up of just being like hey like they get treated way better than we do you know like there's way more money being juiced into this brand why aren't we like kind of taking care of this home brand that also like is the foundation of of all of their resources basically right so when i think it was like the next episode right after that like you know they weren't on the show or something or like a episode later uh, another episode later you know, like when I saw that, I just figured like, oh, there has to have been some type of fallout because like Rory and Maul probably both have seen like, it's kind of like, um, you know, I'm, I'm the youngest child. So I'm, I'm just assuming that this is what my sister's experience, <laughs> but it's like, you know, um, when you're the, the new young child that needs like, you know, the nurturing and time of your parents or whatever, right? It's pretty good. Uh, it's pretty like b- black and white to just be like, yo, what the fuck? Like, how come like you're not you know, taking care of us when, like, we keep the fucking lights on up in this bitch, you know what I'm saying, and, like, you're dumping millions of dollars into this other podcast that has, like, 720 views, you know what I'm saying, so, like, I don't know, I, Joe has not had a very good history of maintaining relationships, whether it be with a significant other or, like, you know, just, like, in the hip-hop industry, it seems, Um, like, I don't think there's a lot of people that really fully can say that they've had like a long good history with joe um i hate that am i wrong i mean you 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 ain't you ain't i feel like joe unfortunately has probably earned that reputation to some extent i feel like he does have a lot of resilience he bounces back from things so like you know there is like he does fuck up a lot 
zone, right? Some, so, but he also is resilient, and I think he's just supposed to naturally be like more of an independent person because he doesn't do well under other people's rules. I think is what I figured out from Joe. But also, Joe has perhaps one of the biggest egos in rap, you know, or at least like from what I've heard because he does the podcast so often. I could get to hear him talk so often that I can hear his ego, and he has an enormous ego. When you refer to yourself as a, in the third person, often. You, you like that's like a, a number one like sign of narcissism you know mm -hmm. so like and joe talks in the third person all the time um i feel like that a lot of time he that is what gets in the way of certain things because he always thinks about joe first i mean yeah. i mean look at like what his network is called the joe button network <laughs> you know yeah so i mean it's it's yeah and we're trashing joe but i i also think he's one of the most creative and interesting people uh in hip-hop culture and, and oh, I, I yeah i'm sure. obviously heavily for sure yeah him. and this podcast this podcast here is uh probably wouldn't have been you know uh uh maybe i mean i don't know if it wouldn't have never existed but like it, this is definitely like inspired by joe and a lot like like what he's he was able to do with that podcast absolutely inspired us to keep working through what we did here because i mean they went through a hundred over 200 episodes before they even got any sort of deal. So it just shows you the power of continuing on, even if there's no yeah, consistency. You know, uh, fast, you know, success, like it, 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 like seeing his proof of success gave us continue going further and to, and to do it, um, you know, because he was able to show that you can exist in this, in this space, you know, not get paid for a very long time, years, and then, you know, become a success. And so, you know, as much shit as we talk, I think also we got to give Joe his flowers because he's- uh, Oh, absolutely. Certainly, yeah, 100%. The road yeah. For a lot of people, you know? Mm. Like, Joe is not an idiot. Like, he definitely, like, he's a really smart guy. You know, he literally self-made, built himself up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, hats off to dude because- He just needs to watch that ego. Hard. He needs to watch that ego, man. Like, because it's like, yeah. I think, like, that Rory thing, like, it, it sometimes he just be- snapping at Roy literally for no reason and I feel like it's it's ego based than it is like any sort of logic based you know yeah yeah it, like you know I guess like the only thing I want to add left is like it's 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 really tough to build also with like friends right like in that space like you guys have worked it out to somewhat of a like a system right like you know like each other's limits you kind of know how to um back off when it comes time to just being like yo like this is getting too crazy like you know we're at the end at the end of the day we are friends versus the problem not you know when we need to resolve an issue typically i just like put a gun on the table and that solves it yeah and then <laughs> yeah. that's we don't even talk we're just like and i'm just like oh, okay <laughs> yeah. i'm kidding yeah. i'm kidding about yeah. no, gun. I, I guess no guns no he's yeah. not no he's not <laughs> Stop, stop. Yeah. Council is listening to this. We can't get our grant taken away. The, the feds show up at your door. Now, like, I, I, I think this subject is really interesting, and I might be, be going off the beaten path here a little bit, you know? But um, one of the things that just bumps into my mind a lot is, like, I understand, like, I kind of, like, like agree with Joe that, like, it's hard to build with other people when you're, like, such, like, a, you know, a, like a... I guess like you have a plan, right? You don't want to have to run it by other people. You're just like, yo, like I want to do this. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. But what I've learned when you try to build anything with other people, especially who have interests, 
more than just your friendship, but there's like a monetary gain, whatever the case may be. Well, it's that like he has a lot of people that work for him, you know, and, and right. there's a lot of people that are part of that podcast that aren't even on camera. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot of people to, to deal with. And so, yeah, and it's yeah. tough because like you don't want to be like, yo, like, why do I need to answer why I did something for a podcast versus, you know, my own podcast or whatever the case may be. And it's like, yeah, that's that's tough. But I think like that comes with, um, you know, when you ha- I think the other hard part of ego is like um, the compassion, right? Like Joe probably is a pretty compassionate dude in ter- certain mo- moments, but I could also see how tough it could be to just be like, why do I need to run it by you? You know what I'm saying? Like what I'm doing with my money or like what my vision is. It's literally called the Joe Budden well, podcast. Yeah, so. exactly. So, I mean, that's, on the but they all contribute. I, exactly. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. So uh, any last thoughts on that? Everyone good. No, I hope I hope Rory and Maul go start up their own shit. I, I would love to just listen to Maul rant. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I would the, love that. The Mixie Boys uh, <laughs> podcast. Yeah. All right. Uh, so let's jump on to our last topic here. Uh, this is really new news. This just happened within the last 24 hours. But uh, Little Nas X, uh, sneaker designer, getting sued by Nike for satanic themed shoe uh so which i don't see it being a problem but i guess like you know nike they have a brand uphold so i i sort of get it but you don't see it as a problem i mean it it's self it's expression it's art you know it's it's whatever he wants to make but isn't he making that off of the nike suit the designer is, yeah. That's so that's it's, the it's, issue. That's what, what I'm saying. The brand is Nike on the shoe with the devil that the designer mm-hmm. designed, not with Nike's permission, but just yeah. the design of a Nike shoe. Because <laughs> artists do that all the time. They design a shoe from a brand, obviously. Yeah. Um, and from what, what from I guess from what I hear, Nike typically doesn't like sue people for that. Um, but in this case, it's the devil on a shoe with apparently human blood like there's like a a, 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 a wait of... i i didn't hear this part yeah yeah there's it's blood in it yeah it's it's yeah apparently that's the marketing uh ploy that they're saying that there's like a piece of human blood in the shoe or something like that oh and, sick um, yeah and, <laughs> uh, um i in this instance i can understand why nike would sue because clearly clearly if nike like didn't like it would alienate a lot of their uh, like um you know customers who are yeah. one probably religious two just don't enjoy um that level of extreme marketing you know i would definitely consider that extreme marketing where are they like, like i have a question are they selling that shoe or are they like yeah a designer oh, yeah they're, selling, they're it? selling it they have 666 pairs they're selling I mean, you can't really. That's like copyright infringement, technically. That's, that's why I asked. Why you? Yeah. No I, problem. I nah. thought it was like a one-off, like no, dude. One made, like y'all, little, nah, bro. They're little flipping, Nas X wears that shoe. Like six hundred and sixty-six of them. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, y'all, that y'all, part. y'all looking at this too small. Y'all looking at this too small. 
right? Like, fuck the devil shit, like the the, the human blood <laughs> shit. That shit's kind of tight. Like, I understand. <laughs> oh, but, John, John likes that part. <laughs> but but yeah, like realistically, Nike wasn't gonna rile up their lawyers, get everything up and running unless they wasn't making money. And I feel like it has a lot more to do with the fact that, like, you know, not just because like this is like an unauthorized collab, but it sounds like they're just like, yo, this motherfucker's making way too much money off of our fucking brand and we ain't getting a cut of it. So let's go maybe, shut this shit down. Maybe that's it. Maybe, you know, they're trying to cut cut down on all the secondhand designers making Word. money off them. I don't, see, I don't think that. See, that, that was the conversation where I wanted to steer the conversation because it's like that's a, 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 a definitely something to, to think about because there's a lot. Like I think about, for example, like, Shout out to Impeccable, um, Scoop and Lynn. Like he 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 does a lot of that stuff where he designs shoes. You know, a lot of them like Nike brand shoes, and they re, and he resells them. I think that that I I from what I've heard or what I've read, like Nike is isn't deliberately trying to crack down on that market. It's just the fact that this is a level of extreme marketing where it is hurting the Nike brand by having six hundred sixty six pairs of shoes that you're selling along with human blood in the shoe worshiping the devil it's just you're it's it's you're assassinating a brand nike that wanted that had nothing to do with this whole marketing concept so yeah. i would have said in this instance why and, they would sue but yeah. i don't think that they're doing this whole like they're cracking down on, the, on that whole market it's just this is just way way too like it, destructive for the nike brand i would say yeah, and and like, where do you get off like putting human blood in a shoe during a fucking pandemic? That's kind of fly, <laughs> you know. Like... That's kind of fly. Like, whose blood was that? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, like, yo, like, oh, <laughs> no, like, I, like, I, I'm not saying I would rock the sneaker. It kind of sounds like design. you are, though. <laughs> <laughs> but like, all right, let, all right, let, let me rephrase this. All right, Ed, I totally get it. Like, it fucked up the brand, whatever, whatever. Right, but what's up? talking about nike here okay like this is a brand that's been like consistently been using like child labor to manufacture their shit you know what i'm saying like they they are the kings of you know like like where do we draw the line for real like oh human blood you know what i'm saying like like come on guys like this is probably literally blood like in all of the sneakers that we wear right now you know um like like You know, like I'm, I'm not saying like, like I agree with it, and that like we should continue right. to use human blood as a as a piece of design, which is kind of fly, <laughs> like I said. But like, you know, we just gotta, gotta really look at it from like I just look at it from a business perspective. Yo, Mikey wasn't making a cut. They didn't think that this shit was really gonna take off. It took off. Now they're like, fuck, we gotta shut this shit down because like. People are gonna start hitting us up because I, I just read something real quick right now in like the New York Times or whatever where they're like, yo, like a bunch of Instagram followers says they're not gonna buy Nike sneakers anymore because of this like you know collaboration. I'm like, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, and it, it's also like, I mean, Lil Nas X, he's like a massive celebrity, like. Like obviously this is gonna get a lot a lot of traction. Um mm-hmm. like he, he could put like anything on a shoe and I, I feel like it would be you popular. know what's wrong with Lil Nas X is now I'm gonna get now I'm gonna get conservative on you. 
I'm gonna get conservative Republican on you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we we was waiting for who this pod was gonna be the. the I might I might have to edit bubble. this part out, but go, go ahead. <laughs> I got something to say. Yeah. This is this no. is where y'all lose the money for the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. No, but like, no, I will say this. I, I honestly though, my only problem with Lil Nas X. Um, obviously I support him as an artist. Obviously I support him as a gay man. Um, I, I support even the shoe concept. I don't care. I don't mind that he's selling that horse spin too. I think that the thing that I have the biggest problem with, with Lil Nas S is, is that his core audience, his core audience is obviously below the age of 18 it's 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 probably somewhere between the the age of of, of 13 to 15 i would say his core audiences um some maybe even younger than that that's where i start to um uh just you know start to veer off of the like you know supportive train when it comes to like some of the stuff that he's been pulling like for example like this is and this by the way what I'm about to say doesn't just go to Lil Nas X. It goes to a lot of artists. And I feel like you can include, you know, a lot of a, a lot of hip hop artists in this, the, the, you know, conversation also. Not the ones who are making music for adults, but the ones who are, have a core audience that very clearly is is a, below a certain age. You got to check, like, come on, man. Like, if you know your core audience is, like, 13, why are you making videos where, like, you're, like, whoring out essentially whether you're a guy or a girl you know like like for example in this video with, with Lil Nas X he's like twerking like the on the devil or something like that he's giving like the devil a lap dance it's like it's just the, such a, it's a very strange concept when your core audience is literally like you toured last year singing Old Town Road to middle schools and now a year later you're twerking on the devil like it's just it, that's the part where I'm just like you know I'm all about artistic freedom but like also kind of like are you a little self-aware of the 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 stuff that you're putting out into the world and who you're putting it out to and i think that's what the conservative christian religious community is trying to say is like you're marketing to our kids and this is what you're showing them i don't think it's it it does actually have to do a lot with you know obviously lil nas x being gay but i think it also has a lot to do with the over sexualization of 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 marketing you know because i think everything like with marketing like the most successful marketing tool is sex and that's being thrown at everybody including people like young people and that's what a lot of people are saying that like you know this is like Lil Nas X you know selling out or um uh uh there's been a lot of talk of him being like a, a um sy systemic like um I, I forgot what the whole term that they're using but essentially like he's bought and paid for by like you know, these like uh, marketing companies to like push evil, you know, things into the world and no offense, but like, you know, <laughs> what is, when you look at the product, that's not far off, just saying, but um, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. And, and, and I, I, I obviously will am open to listen on anybody on this topic on why Lil Nas X twerking on the devil is somehow good for our youth, but like, I don't know. There's just some things that I, I feel weird about. And Lil Nas X is not somebody that most grown-ups listen to, in my opinion. So that I'm just saying. That's that's where I where I don't I'm not with this Lil Nas X stuff. Word.
I, I, I'm not going to go out on a limb and say that, like, this is good for the children. <laughs> like, that's not um, what I don't think uh, me and Chris agree with. Yeah. But, um, I mean, Ed, like, I, I totally get it. Like, you know, like, as as a young Hispanic Republican, like, I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> but, but, like, you know, I'd like to just think, like, uh, immediately what I thought about was, like, you know, um, boy bands, right? Boy bands, Britney Spears, the NSYNCs, the Backstreet Boys of our day, right? Bro, like, all that shit was, like, mildly sexual, like, does this like half naked dudes like mildly? Yeah. Except yeah, for but, Britney. Britney was not mildly. I would nah. I would say Britney was the one of the bigger issues originally. Like she's she's actually like I would say almost suspect number one because like I don't know if you saw that doc on Hulu. I know Critter watched it because we watched it together. But there's a lot of issues when you look back at the Britney Britney Spears career experience, the way we treated her, the way she was marketed. That whole thing is a is a huge issue also. So that goes in the same vein as Lil Nas X, a whole thing I said. I also say that same thing with Britney as well. With the with the Backstreet Boys and and, and 90 Degrees, all that stuff, eh, that's, that that was very innocent in my eyes. I don't know. I don't know if they're, they're in the same realm. No, I, I agree totally. And I'm not saying that um, you know, those are okay. I'm just saying that, you know, it's pretty extreme right now that you have a dude twerking on the devil. That's kind of funny. But um, it's like, you know, I, I guess like this is the same thing as uh, you know whatever the other topics we talked about today is like where do you draw that line where it's okay or not okay? You know what I'm saying? So that's my piece on it. Maybe I'm a little bit too PC and open minded today, but you know, blood blood on the ink is kind of fly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so yeah. John is gonna be buying their shoes. Um, yeah. That's what I've gathered from this conversation. I want the 666, you know, like number shoe on top of that. Like, that's crazy. Uh, like, blood on the ink. That's, you can't that's make some, that up. That's some shit right there. All Word. right. Uh, any last thoughts? Anything you want to add? Everyone cool? Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I have one thing. Uh, take a serious note. Um, you know, with COVID and everything that's going on and like all of us having to go through some really rough times, um, you know, with everybody being home. And I know that a home space can't always be totally perfect. I know that in my own life is totally different from everybody else's lives out there. And if you need help, um, if you need somebody to just listen to, you know, you, you know, and like you're going through some really tough times, like, please, you know, reach out to your family, friends, check up on them, make sure that they're good. Um, you know, um, and worst case, or, you know, if you're feeling any, you know, please reach out to that suicide prevention hotline, um, 800-273-8255. Um, you know, it's, uh, pretty rough, um, you know, lost a family member recently and stuff like that. And, you know, um, we don't know what was going on, but, you know, um, you know, just reach out. It's a tough time for everybody. And, you know, um, I just don't want, um, you know, anybody to feel like they're alone out there. Right. Word. Word. Um, I also wanted to say, you know, obviously, uh, if you guys fuck with us, love what we do, like what we do, appreciate what we do, make sure that you're sharing the love by liking us, you know, on YouTube, uh, sharing and subscribing to us. And, um, you know, just uh, in general, just, you know, enjoying the content. So if you are listening and you've made it this far, thank you. We appreciate you guys. And we'll see you next time. Peace. Yeah.